Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com where you can find our blog, our podcast, uh, resources for your marriage, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, it's summer here at Uncovering Intimacy headquarters and man, it's hot. Uh, Today and tomorrow, it's supposed to be 40 degrees Celsius with the humidity, which is about 104 degrees Fahrenheit. So I'm sitting in my office with the air conditioning cranked, uh, trying to get this podcast out. Uh, Today, we're going to be answering some more questions from our anonymous have a question page uh, back from uh, May. Uh, But first, I wanted to share something uh, with you that's pretty cool. And you may have heard me mention that we revamped our Becoming More Sexually Engaged course for Christian Wives. And our pilot group is just about finishing it off. And they've been awesome in helping to tweak it and find bugs and typos and everything so that, you know, the next wives going through it can have an easier time. And we've already had a few wives not in the pilot group sign up and start going through it. And there's a forum for all the wives to discuss the material. And it's been awesome to see uh, it get used for questions and support and encouragement and tips and tricks and everything. But the neatest thing to come out of this is this one piece of data that I've managed to pull out that I want to talk to you about and show you if you're looking on the blog. After each of the nine modules of this course, you know, I've asked what do they think about the module that they just went through? You know, how much did they learn? How difficult was it? How hard was the challenge? Because everyone ends with a challenge to kind of help push them along and adopt what they've learned. I also asked them on a scale of one to 10, you know, how they'd rate their sexual confidence. And at the beginning of the course, on average, uh, these wives answered about three and a half out of 10, which is pretty low. Uh, after module six, so that's about two thirds done the course, on average, these wives have said that their confidence has increased 121% to on average a 7.8. So that means, you know, as a group, they feel more than twice as confident about sex than when they started. And you can see this in the posts in the forum. You know, they're excited to do the challenges. They're engaged in trying to make sex better, both for themselves and for their husbands. And in most cases, you know, these are women who, when signing up, said that they felt sex was a take it or leave it sort of thing, that they really did it to keep their husbands happy, or that they really struggled to enjoy sex or look forward to it. Many have said that they'd rather sleep than have sex on pretty much any given day. If you're a wife struggling with desire, you know, with confidence, with making sex fun and something to look forward to, you know, I wonder what do you think 121% in your confidence in sex would do for your marriage? And frankly, these wives aren't even done yet. And I'm hoping to share some testimonials down the road because I think they'll be amazing. But for now, I just wanted to share that little piece because I'm excited about it. You know, I'm thrilled to see them experience a newfound enjoyment in their marriage and them being excited about it. And that said, you know, I also wanted to share a caveat. You know, some of the wives have said that their husbands bought it for them or that they signed up. Their husband signed them up for it even and asked or asked them to sign up. And if you're a husband, don't do this. You know, frankly, it's worse than a waste of money and time. You know, it's not going to have the same impact. You know, one of the wives never even started going through the material. She stopped before she even got started. The rest as a group have still seen increases, but not nearly as substantial, you know, and their answers show that they're not as excited about it, the material as the others. Um, And I think they, 
maybe they just weren't ready for it. They're not at a place where they need to, or they just felt that they don't need this. So in short, you know, if you are a wife who wants this for herself, for her marriage, you know, even if you want it for your husband, then go for it. You know, you can check out the course. I'll put the link in the show notes or on the blog post. And But if you're a husband wishing your wife would sign up for this, just leave it alone. Wait for her to want it. Because what you could end up doing is signing her up, having her drag her feet through it or not do it at all, and then have a bad impression of it when she might actually be willing to do something like that in the future. Uh, We have a few weeks left before they're all done, and I hope to share some more. But for now, let's get on to the questions. So the first question is, she writes, hello. I've been looking for an answer everywhere and even prayed about it. It's regarding whether masturbation is a sin or not. My situation is different. My husband is wrongfully convicted of a crime that he didn't commit. Now he's serving prison time. Sometimes when he calls, he wants me to masturbate. And because of my doubt whether it's a sin or not, I hesitate. He says it helps him when he looks at my pictures and when he does it in his own time and also wants to help me. We're not able to satisfy each other's needs physically so we do like phone sex i appreciate any insight you can give all right so the answer to this is going to be radically different depending on who you who you ask here's my take i believe sex should be shared between a husband and wife and i believe masturbation is sex so therefore i believe masturbation should be shared between a husband and wife so while i would say that i don't think you masturbating for him on the phone is wrong because that's a shared activity his plans to masturbate alone would be in my view but i get that that's hard because he's chance i'm guessing he's talking on a phone in a hallway in public so that's not really possible but that's my take Uh, and i think most people would disagree with me though so ultimately you have to act in accordance with your own convictions not mine and some will argue that it's not fair and that there aren't any other options and it's too hard to expect him to wait but frankly those are all logical fallacies the fact that it's hard not to do doesn't make it right the fact that it's not fair otherwise it also doesn't make it right the fact that you feel sorry for him or her doesn't change what's right or wrong and i think i'm just going to leave it at that and you can share your comments in the blog uh and share your opinion and then she can get an informed perspective from multiple different sources and decide for herself based on her convictions Next question is, hi, and thank you for this opportunity. My husband masturbates all the time while none or very little of my sexual needs are being met. I've spoken to him about it on a number of occasions, but he tells me he prefers it to sex sometimes. I'm always satisfying myself and it's getting tiresome. Unfortunately, I'm one of the 35% of women who don't climax from intercourse, but he doesn't know that because he would stop trying. Please help. Thank you. Okay, so... First off, let me correct that number. Uh, it's not 35% of women don't climax from intercourse. It's more like 75% of women don't climax from intercourse. So it that's a very common thing. Most need some kind of additional stimulation or a different activity or something. And other than that, yes, I'm sure he prefers it to sex sometimes you know it's sex without having to worry about someone else's needs it's sex while only having to love yourself it's all about him and here's the problem you can't change him he has to want to change but you can set your own boundaries and there's a there's a large spectrum of where the options here 
are. You know, on the one side, you have the option to love him unconditionally, even when he's not loving you back. Show him what it's like to love and hope that he feels convicted to start to change. Way on the other side, you can treat it like sexual infidelity and divorce him. And I'd say that should only be used as a last resort. Uh, if you literally cannot tolerate being married to him anymore and it's causing you harm, be that mental, physical, or whatever. And it's sort of up to you where you end up in that spectrum, you know, because no one else can judge it's the impact it's having on you. For myself, I'm pre very pro-marriage and divorce is an absolute last resort from my perspective, so I'd be more on the unconditional love side, but that doesn't mean you can't set up boundaries to protect yourself a bit. A bit. And I'd suggest two books, uh, and I'd suggest reading them in this order. The first is Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk, and the second is Boundaries in Marriage by Henry Cloud and others. Uh, I'd read them in that order because while boundaries in marriage is good, it often gets either misinterpreted or people get overzealous with their boundaries. You know, I've heard so many spouses complain that their husband or wife read it and suddenly start accusing them of being abusive and laying down boundaries that look nothing like a healthy boundary. And it's not that the book taught them that, but their current mental state or maturity, um, with that, they've interpreted it in a very skewed way, sort of like how you can pick out verses from the Bible to tell you to do anything that you want to do. Um, but I've never heard such a complaint about keeping your love on, and I feel it does a better job of laying down that foundation of love first. You know, once that's in place, then boundaries and marriage should be safe. It's a great book. Um, that's the hope, anyways. And someone had asked me what other book I recommend with boundaries, and that's it. Keep your love on, Danny Silk. Highly recommend it. Love it. Everyone I know that reads it loves it as well. So, the other thing you said, though, I just realized when reading this again, I didn't realize while I was writing down my answer to this question, is that he doesn't know that you don't orgasm from sex. And I think you might be misstepping there. I, I get that you're afraid that if he knew, he would stop trying. But on the other hand, he doesn't know what he's not providing you so i think you're missing out there on being able to share what's going on and i think it's perfectly valid to say hey something needs to change i'm not happy this is damaging our relationship and this could end with us no longer being together and that's not the same as an ultimatum of saying hey you have to do this or else i'm leaving this is saying if we continue in this course this is what the end of the road looks like and those are two different things so there are some ideas i hope that helps question number three is about a husband who won't quit porn and it's honestly it's a very very long question um no it's not it's a very very long story that doesn't actually have a question the long and short of it is that her husband uh, asked her if he would be, she would be okay with him watching porn. She said no, and then was upset about that because why would he want to watch porn? And now she keeps catching him watching porn uh, over and over and over again. And it's been going on for 10 years of marriage. Uh, and at the end, she doesn't actually ask a single question at all, uh, just saying that this is hard and this is difficult and i already have a plan to leave 
and that's kind of where she ends it off so if you want to read the whole question you can it's all on the blog uh but because there's no question you haven't actually asked anything uh, you've basically said this is what's happening and this is what i'm going to do so i'm guessing the implied question here is either that you want me to talk you out of it or you want to know what i think you should do because why else post it and frankly the answer is very similar to the one before you can't control him you said you'd love him unconditionally and now there are conditions um he vowed to be faithful to you and now isn't in short you're you've both broken your vows and that's not going to be a popular opinion but i'm not arguing about whether or not one of you is justified or the other one is simply that both your vows are now broken and that's frankly what divorce and separation does which you're already planning to do so how you move forward is up to you you know are you justified in breaking your vows matthew 5 verse 32 could indicate that you are whether that's enough is between you and god the bible also is clear that marriage was intended from the beginning to be for life and it's only because of the hardness of hearts that Moses allowed divorce. You know, hardness of heart is a pretty serious thing in a Bible. And if I'm using that as an, to say, oh, my heart is too hard to go on with this, that's, that's kind of a scary thing to say. But I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's up to you to decide if it's something that you can live with or not. And if you decide to live with it, I'd suggest the same two books as above. You know, Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk and Boundaries in Marriage by Henry Cloud and others. And again, read them in that order. The next question is about tantric sex. I have a question about tantric sex. Is it a concept that Christians should avoid, or could it be something that Christian couples incorporate into their sex lives? My husband and I are interested in attending an intimacy, intimacy retreat in Siesta Key, Florida. It incorporates some of the components of tantric sex. We are committed Christians and not interested in exploring Eastern med the meditations or practices, but are interested in learning erotic massage and tips on becoming closer and more connected to one another. I look forward to hearing from you, Jan. All right. So I've had questions about tantric sex pop up a few times. Mostly recently, you can find my response to these things in episodes 39 and 51 of our podcast. I'll link to them in the show notes and you can go check them out. Um, because if I try to reiterate them again, I'll probably leave something out. So I would say go check those out instead. Next question is, I am a 47-year-old man and have been married for 21 years. Recently, I've been experiencing premature ejaculation. I've never been a 20 to 30-minute man, probably more like 5 to 8-minute man, but usually after she's climaxed. But these last 10 to 11 times I've been with my wife, I'm not lasting longer than 15 to 30 seconds. I've prayed and I want to be spirit-led. My flesh has wondered if masturbation would help increase my stamina, but I know your stance on that topic. I've researched organic ways of increasing sexual stamina, such as kegel exercises, eating watermelon, including the seeds, spinach salads and smoothies, pumpkin seeds, taking zinc supplements, and Korean ginseng. I want to sexually please my wife. She's never been big on foreplay like kissing and making out, and she's definitely not interested in receiving oral at first she was frustrated but wants, but she wants to be spirit-led and doesn't want to masturbate do you have any recommendations for me 
Yes, I have a post on premature ejaculation that I'll link to in the show notes. Uh, I'm afraid I don't have any new information about it since then, so I'll refer you to that post. But I did want to say, like, if it's just the last 10 or 11 times, I wonder if it happened once and then you started worrying about it and because that it started happening more. That seems to be a common pattern with premature ejaculation as well as erectile dysfunction, especially if it spontaneously happens. Um, With erectile dysfunction, there's always more concerns about things like diabetes can cause things like that and other health things. I'm not sure of any that are directly linked to premature ejaculation that I'm aware of, but it might be something that you might want to check with a doctor with. Uh, That's outside of my field. Other than that, there are other options other than just her, I'm guessing, masturbating alone. Uh, Mutual masturbation is an option. I don't know if she's okay with that. Uh, I'll link to a post on that as well. And then there's still like manual sex which is using your hands you could use sex toys uh even if she doesn't yeah she doesn't want oral so we'll leave that one out Um, but there are plenty of other things that you can do and sometimes sometimes one of the biggest problems with things like premature ejaculation is that there's so much weight put on sex and that's what kind of freaks people out mentally uh consciously or subconsciously and if you can open that up to say, hey, even if this doesn't work out, there are other options. There are things that we can do so we can both feel satisfied and good. And once you take that weight off of it, sometimes that just solves it itself. So I would say look at exploring your repertoire, seeing what kind of things that you'd be okay with and not okay with. If you have trouble coming up with ideas, on my shop I have a sex exploration list that has some three or 400 ideas of different activities that you could try um it's quite long and involved it takes a while to get through but uh, i haven't had a person yet go through it and say oh i didn't like it uh if they go through it they usually learn an incredible amount about each other and uh it adds a whole lot of variety to their life and both end up enjoying things more so uh, i'll link to that as well and you can check those out as options All right, next question. Hi, Jay. I hope you guys are healthy and doing all right. I was just looking over an old post of yours on the topic of bondage and noticed that a link you listed is no longer working. It was for Japanese bondage rope on Amazon. My husband and I are interested in trying out some gentle bondage options as part of our loving and respectful married sex life. In particular, I'm interested in some of the Japanese concept of wrapping ropes around a person in safe and creative ways without tying them down to anything. I'm wary of researching anything to do with this on my own because I don't want to discover anything that crosses the line for me. Do you know of any Christian-friendly resources to learn about bondage knots, etc., as well as places to buy safe-slash-comfortable bondage ropes? Thanks. Yes, we're all very healthy and happy, and thank you for asking. Uh, I updated the link on the post. Uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. And thank you for pointing that out. The best place I know to buy is still Amazon. It's easy. uh, It's everywhere. And it's a good price. So, uh, yeah. There's a link to that in the show notes for Amazon. As for Christian-friendly resources, yeah, there's a couple that are, I'm going to say, more safe than others. They're not Christian, but they shouldn't be offensive. At least I haven't seen anything offensive on them. But they're not my site, so... 
uh, that may change at any day. I can't promise. But so far, um, they seem to be uh, interested in not showing anything offensive. So the first is Twisted Monk. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, the, he uses live models, but they are fully clothed, like jeans, t-shirt kind of thing. Uh, the second one is the Dutchie. He also uses a live model, but they're wearing uh, like white bodysuit. It's not see-through, but... Well, you can discern curves and bumps and things through it. So it depends on your tolerance there. Um, but those two should get you started. Uh, yeah, learning proper knots is important because you don't want knots that slip or slide uh, because that could pinch off circulation and all that stuff. I'd also get a pair of safety scissors. I'll link to that in the show notes as well um, because if you make a mistake and something is too tight, you need scissors that won't your skin uh they have like a what do you call it? it's like a blunted edge on one side so you can slip under things without cutting the person they're not pointy um, but they can cut through pretty much anything like seat belts so good to have just in case uh never had to use them but uh i'm glad i have them next question is about jock itch this person writes hi i have jock itch and i'm afraid how it will affect my sex life in the future with my fiance i've had a couple ex-boyfriends now before meeting my fiance and i got jock itch from one of them the rest of the exes saw it and broke up with me because of it it made me feel dirty and unloved even though i've had premarital sex in the past me and my fiance have worked really hard towards saving ourselves for marriage i've told my fiance about it and he says he will love me no matter what and i believe it what i'm worried about is me having jock itch if me having jock itch will affect my sex life in a negative way. So I would see, say, go see a doctor, be it naturopathic or traditional. That's up to you. Uh, but jock itch is caused by a fungus and should be treated. And, uh, I'm not sure I have more to say about it than that. I honestly wasn't aware that you could catch it from other partners, but if you can, then chances are, then you'd spread it too to your, well, future husband. So I definitely get it treated. Uh, the reason there's no reason it needs to affect your life long term that I know of anyways, but check with your doctor. Next question starts. Uh, I've been married for 13 years to my wife. We have around, we have sex around 12 times a year. It's been this way since the moment we said I do on the night of our wedding. We didn't have sex. It took four days to consummate, consummate our marriage. I can't recall her ever being sexually aroused. We have always had to use lubricant and she just, she simply doesn't enjoy any part of it. Around once a month, she will invite me into the shower because she isn't opposed to me on that day. Or for years, she would lay on her bed and tell me, just do it and get it over with. There's been zero sexual intimacy for 13 years. So, oh, sorry, keeps going. I've been angry with God for years about this, and I don't feel like I'm able to share this with anyone. I had sex with other women before we met, and for a long time I believed this was a punishment for those sins. At this point, I don't know if I can stay in this relationship. She has always dismissed any conversations about sex or therapy or speaking with a doctor. I love her, but it's tearing me up inside. Do I leave? So, I think before you leave, if that's what you've decided to do, um, see the previous questions about leaving, then... I think it would be prudent to let her know that you're at the end of your rope and that you need to see changes. Uh, those changes don't need to be an increase in sex, but rather things like you know, seeing a doctor, going to counseling, 
uh, doing a study of what the Bible says about sex, uh, I'd recommend Intimacy Ignited because chances are that her unwillingness to try is based on either a physical, a mental, or a spiritual issue. Uh, so personally, I'd start there. I think there's a good chance that she doesn't realize just how big of a deal this is. And if you leave, she'll be blindsided and you'll both miss an opportunity to fix it. Plus, you'd be abandoning her to live in her current state when you know it can be better. Uh, lastly, I don't think this is a punishment for your past sins. I think it's quite possible that it's harder for you to deal with than others because of your past experiences. And I think it's possible that part of her reluctance might be due to that past history as well. But that's not the same thing. You know, those are natural consequences, not a punishment. Next question is, how do I get my wife to understand that the reason we aren't intimate is because she has rejected me in every other way. So sex with her is difficult due to not feeling any sexual connection. I love her and I want to be intimate, but initiation feels like rape. So I think the first step would be to tell her how you feel, you know, let her know that you don't feel good about the relationship and that you want to work together to make it better. Then do something about it, you know, be coaching or counseling, depending on where you're at and how deep the issues are. Um, there's not really enough here to go on to recommend more, but that's where I'd start. Question number 10, almost done here, is after giving birth to three, bo three big boys, to say the least, I've been stretched out and now am very loose, so sex isn't very pleasurable. My husband has introduced large-sized butt plugs and at times they hurt going in mostly because I'm very resistant, but once they do, it helps and sex is much better. Are we wrong to do this? All right. I don't think it's wrong. However, it sounds like you might need more lube or more foreplay before using them. Uh, it should not hurt. If it does, something's wrong. Uh, there's also a product I heard about a while back called uh, Le Snuggle. Uh, they sent me one back in 2018 and we tried it out, but uh, we couldn't get it to work for us. And they didn't respond to any of my questions asking for tips or what lube is best, etc. So I can't quite recommend it, but it might be something to look into. The basic premise is that it sits inside your vagina and makes it tighter. So it's kind of another way to solve the same problem. Uh, I'd also look into doing Kegel exercises as they can help immensely. Uh, many people have told me that really works for them. And uh, doing squats can exercise many of the same muscles as well. So that's something to look into as well. We actually did a squat challenge uh, a while back and somebody said they were quite enjoying the results of that, uh, both the men and the women. So... Next question is, I'm a 30-year-old single woman who has struggled on and off with masturbation and erotica on and off for 10 plus years. I want to be married and have children, and I'm wondering in regards to dating, how and when do I bring this up in a future relationship? I'm using the Dirty Girls Come Clean resources, and I notice it's worse around my period, which makes sense with hormones being disrupted. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, cycles can definitely make things harder to resist or ramp up your arousal or a whole bunch of things. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, uh, now I'm not an expert on dating. I met my, my wife at 16 and never dated anyone else. So I'm, I have, 
almost no experience with dating, really. Uh, so don't take anything I say as authorita- authoritative on the subject of dating. Uh, I, and honestly, nobody should take anything I say as authoritative. I, I'm sharing ideas, tips, tricks, experiences, perspective, tools, uh, my opinions. Uh, ultimately, you have to choose for yourself what you're going to do. That said, here's my sort of view of dating, engagement, and marriage. Uh, to me, dating is all about finding a potential spouse. Dating for fun makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, and during dating, I think you should be asking questions like, you know, what was your upbringing like? What are your hopes for the future? Do you want kids? Do you want to live in the city? What's your relationship with God like? And on and on and on. You know, my wife and I asked each other so many questions while we were dating um, that very quickly we got to knew all got to know a lot about each other. Uh, and it was quite, it was fantastic. I, I'm pretty happy that we did that while we were dating. Um, then when you get engaged, uh, it's like that, but more intense, you know, now you're starting to build a life together to lay the foundation for a marriage. You're not quite living together, but you're starting to move in that direction. You know, you you should be anyways, you know, you ask, you start asking questions like, you know, where are you going to live? Not one day, but Hey, soon, where are we going to live together? You know, where are we going to get married? What are your views on sex? Because, Hey, we're going to have sex soon. And you know, what are your struggles with sex? And I think at that point, either party is allowed to, uh, to walk away still, you know, it's harder. You're more invested, uh, sometimes even financially, if you've already booked a hall, but there's nothing wrong with saying, I can't do this. Uh, but I think, so I think at that point, that's the part where you can start bringing up things that like, Hey, this is something I struggle with. This is something we're going to struggle with. Uh, are you okay with that? Are you willing to help me with this? Um, and I think that's perfectly okay. And I'm not sure there's a exactly right answer of when to do it, but I definitely know there's a wrong answer. Yeah, I think the wrong answer is after you've been married for seven years or so. And I'm fairly certain about that being wrong because that's what I did. Yeah, and I don't recommend it. Uh, in fact, I'd say at any point after you're married is a bit unfair. You've gotten them to sign up for something that they didn't know about and could have. Uh, which is frankly cruel. And again, I'm saying that as someone who did it. And if you uh, or anyone else is reading this and struggling with porn, and I'd call erotica porn, you know, and if you're married and you haven't told your spouse, this is not an excuse not to tell them. Sooner is better than later. Later is almost always worse. It just means that you've been lying for that much longer and it's, it's not going to get better. So, that's my thoughts. I would say you could probably bring it up during dating, but maybe not the first date. Uh, to me, engagement sounds like a reasonable time to bring it up. But that's my opinion. Other people have different ones. If you do, stick them in the comments. And that's it for today. Uh, June's questions should be coming up. If you want to see the questions as they come in, I'd suggest checking out our support page, you know, because our supporters get notified of new questions as they come in and they help give ideas for how to answer, share perspectives and discuss them. And it's pretty neat to be involved with. They also get a few other perks as well and uh, they help us keep this ministry going. So if you like our podcast, uh, if you like the blog, if you like the resources, if you like what we're doing, uh, we'd love to have your help supporting that. And if you're not in a position to help support 
support us financially or you don't care to, which is fine. I've had plenty of people email me saying, I'm never going to give you money. That's okay. I'll keep doing this for free. Uh, but if you want to support us in another way, you can share the blog, share the podcast, rate a review, rate the podcast. Uh, we don't get many because, frankly, everyone's scared. It's sex, and it's weird to talk about. But I'm pretty sure you can comment and rate and review anonymously on most platforms. So I'd love it if you give that a chance. And if you have any questions, uh, anonymous or otherwise, you can check out our Have a Question page. Uh, it also has my email address on it. If you want more, if you have a question that you're okay with questions back and forth, uh, just email me. Uh, it's easier. Uh, then I can interact with you and we can dig in a little bit more and see where you want to go. If you're not comfortable with that and this is all weird and you don't want to talk to anybody about sex back and forth, then that's fine. Just use the Have a Question page. Post the it and honestly and i'll post my responses as soon as i can and that's it for today talk to you next time bye